All right. All right. We've both said all right quite a lot. We said all right. All right, all right, all right. (laughs) All right. Dude, oh my God. There's simultaneously, I don't know what to talk about. And there's so much to talk about because it's been a while, right? Yeah. It's been two weeks. It's been two weeks. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's been a little while since we've done a show. I've been in LA. Uh, you've had a lot of coffee, which seemingly led to you just before we press record saying all right to a degree where I was like, oh, is Gwen having a breakdown just right now? <laughs> like that, and I don't. Just... All right, all right. Yeah, all right, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, it'll just fucking losing it, man. The more people I'm say losing. all right, the more it makes you think things are not all right, are they? <laughs> That's so. Uh, you might need to do some introspection there. I don't know why you mm. would feel that way. Hey, that I maybe that is a reflection on me. I don't know, but things actually are all right for me at the moment. They're not too bad. There's uh, interesting things going on that I'll hopefully be able to talk about down the line. But uh, ooh, nice little teaser there, Chris. Eh, 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 hey, hey, here we go. Uh, right. TwitchCon, I went there. There's not too much to talk about on that front. That's why we haven't had a show. Uh, someone described it, I think summed it up perfectly, uh, they said it was like a 7th grade dance mixed with a careers fair, and that <laughs> that was super accurate, when he said that I was like, oh shit, it really does feel like that, like or, kind of that awkward kind of people yeah. trying to be cool vibe, at the same time as there's a lot of people here to network like, way more than at a PAX or anything like that, most people at a PAX are not there to network and advance their career they're kind of there to play games and hang out. Do you know what? That That's kind of it for TwitchCon. I don't have a lot to say on that front. It, it happened. It went well. And I'm back. And uh, here we are doing here podcasts again. I will say I really enjoyed uh, a fire alarm went off in my hotel at like 3.15 in the morning. And when we le- there was no fire. When we got let back into the room... Uh, I turned on my laptop and you were already streaming. And I was like, oh, cool. I'm, I'm enjoying the fact that you're doing that on the reg. And you're now, you've kind of fallen into a groove of it. And I can just sit there and watch Gwen and be like, oh, this is nice. Bravo, That's, Gwen uh, Frey. Thank you. Thank you. It turns out all you have to do is hit a button. Uh, and yeah. And do what you would usually do. Turns yeah. out it's actually not that hard. No. It, it's super easy if you're a talkative person like we clearly are. Um, clearly. So so some stuff has happened uh, while we've been away. Uh, yeah, it's almost old news now, but it kind of is. Visceral, visceral shutdown, visceral whatever occurred. Yeah, that that sucked because I really like their games. Uh, they did dead the dead bases, and they have that big Star Wars game coming up that yeah. was with Amy Hennig as well. And I was like, ah. Oh, I was super looking forward to that game because that's been in development for like three years or something, and it's with a, re- a really good creative di- director, and it, I was looking for. I love Star Wars, so I was like, I'm in. Dude, it is really, really good. We did not record a podcast last week because I was in a place where I was just like sarcastic and angry about yeah. that, about the whole thing, about the idea that you would hire Amy Hennig and then. In your press release, you're like, but we wanted a highly replayable game and we didn't want a narrative game. I'm like, well, then why the fuck did you hire Amy Hennig, you stupid shit? Like, I was in a... Yeah. I was in a place... That press release was just silly. Like, the, the bullshit. Well, we closed this because, you know, narrative games don't do well. Yeah. Is clearly a line. Probably not true. 
Well, no, I mean, the, the, as as I said, uh, today, on the day of recording, uh, 27th of October 2017, Mario Odyssey was released, Assassin's Creed Origin is released, and Wolfenstein The New Order have released. All on the same day, all seem to be selling quite well, and all have reviewed really well, and they are all super single-player games. It was a weird coincidence that it was like... <laughs> that even people on Twitter have noted this, where they're like, oh, this guy from EA said that these sorts of games are not a thing... But on this day, you have three huge, purely single-player games coming out. Yeah. From franchises that you recognize, but also fucking Star Wars. (laughs) Yes, it's not like, yeah, like Star Wars is some unknown IP. Yeah, Um, right. And they launched the same time as Stick is True, too, which is just like, uh, I'm sorry, uh, the Um, Friendship Patrol. Yes. And and I would love to get into that more uh, now that I'm a little calmer about the whole thing, because I honestly do think that was... Something else happened. I honestly think that was a, a line that was said. But it is a um, something you hear a lot in it is. in games right now. You hear a lot of people who are very uh, terrified because Dishonored didn't do as well and because so many single-player games have come out recently that have not done well and have cost a lot. And mm. you see a lot of money coming in from these highly replayable games. And this is just the same thing that happens every year, like the coming of the seasons it's like, oh, this new genre is hot. This old genre is out. It'll, it, uh, it, it just happens over and over and over in a cycle. And I swear to God, like, I, 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 what, I, I'm mad because it's not just even in. I went indie to escape this, and I swear to God, it hits the indie scene too, right? Like, yeah, the indie scene also goes through these same cycles and and has the same like group think that the rest of the industry has, and it it. Uh, it's just pervasive in this industry, man, that that this idea that now there is this one true way forward and the way forward is going to be um, highly replayable, possibly roguelikes with monetization and uh, probably, um, oh God, if you're going to go single player, it'll be proc gen, but most likely you want to yeah. go multiplayer and there's all these buzzwords that you need to have now and soon every game will be that and it'll be just like in 2016 when every fucking game was a MOBA-based character shooter. Yeah. Like, this this coming year, I can see it coming, like, everybody's going to make the same goddamn game and then they're all going to be shocked and that genre is going to be dead. It's <laughs> yeah. just... Wait a minute, we made 500 of these and it turns out people didn't want 500 of them, they just really like that one. Oh, man. And it's and the other thing is I'm so there's the one thing, which is everyone in the press is talking about this and taking this press release seriously. And in Mm -hmm. the back of my head, I'm like, most likely something else happened entirely. And uh, EA needed to balance their books or do something for the year end. Um, Most likely what happened was they made a game. They realized the game was bad and they decided to cut it. And there's several ways to cancel a project. Um EA's usual MO to cancel a project is to just ship it and let it be crap. Mm. Uh, but they got so much bad press from Andromeda, they probably couldn't do that again. Yeah, there is that. Like the killing it by shipping it option was probably not there because Andromeda just happened. And, and if they, you if also they launched have, like two failures back to back, that would be real bad. You have uh, Disney and Lucas in in the mix of this as well, beyond just EA. You have two other giant corporate like monsters that are kind of like yeah you can't release this and it'd be shit yeah i didn't even consider that that's true they are using someone else's ip here yeah it's- if it was i don't know i mean it was it had been in development for three years they sh- they showed a video of it i think it might even have been last e3 i don't remember now but i remember seeing little footage and they had like amy hennig talking and 
it looked it looked really cool and interesting and i was like that was the thing that i was like of all the ea star wars games it was like oh that's the one that's good that's the one for me like that's the one i'm gonna want to play this is the big single player like story that i'm gonna get and yeah god it just kills me because like if this was a if that game was crap and it needed to go fine and Mm. uh but uh, or, or like something happened there, but there was a lot of effort and there was a lot of art assets and there's a yeah. lot of tech work and there's a lot of stuff there. You could have salvaged something. You could make probably, I bet looking at the size of that team and the amount of time they had, I bet you could spin off and make a ton of tiny little games out of that. I bet you could salvage something from that code base and, and from that effort and from that work yeah. that you couldn't mitigate this loss. It didn't have to be a total loss. And I know there, like I've been through this. That's the other thing. I had like these flashbacks to Irrational, and I know mm. they. I guarantee you, they had. I okay. I can't guarantee this. I've very intentionally not talked to uh, a friend of mine. Listens to this podcast and and was affected by the layoff, and he's yes a phenomenal, phenomenal person. And and seems like a, a really friend. great dude. Um, but and he hasn't told me anything. Just to be to clear the air, I have no information. Mm. But I know, like they've they probably had an internal. Um, uh, thing in they'll they'll try to shunt as many people as possible to their other studios. Yeah. Um, there'll be friction there. Um, people won't want to move, or if they do want to move, they'll uh. Uh, if they do move, they won't get the severance. So some people are going to weigh their options. Hopefully, a couple people do startups. They are in Silicon Valley. Like this is a great time to start another little startup. Um, mm-hmm. right there near Redwood Shores. Uh. I mean, it's an expensive place to have a startup. I don't know if I would start a company in San Francisco today, mm. but like, I guess it's a thing. The good things will come out of this. Everybody will go off. Someday they'll have, um, they'll get together and the, they'll like drink and reminisce about the good old days and stuff. And they'll they'll talk about the layoff, and everybody will be off in a better place for the most part. And uh, it'll be good eventually. But like yeah. the song and the dance that you see over and over, and and this bullshit in the press that like ea whatever ea says after the layoff is just whatever however they're spinning it you know and the way they spin it is to lean into this concept that is actually very pervasive in the industry right now Mm. this this fear of the single player narrative game um and this um bullish excitement towards um multiplayer highly replayable uh microtrans game like they can just lean into that and they know yeah. the press will eat it up uh which they did so you can tell like it's a good thing we recorded this week and not last week because last yes. week i was a little more excitedly filled with rage uh <laughs> well you've been through there. this right it's actually yeah. bubbling up again yeah like i'm just right back in that place it's yeah. just like like fucking groundhog day man is what mm. it is really it's a shame. It's a big shame. It was a game, like I said, it was a game I was personally looking forward to. I don't know a lot of people were looking forward to. Uh, so, and yeah, it's, but as a consumer, like it just strikes you as odd when you're like, this felt like, this didn't feel like something that you were like, oh, I get it. Like everything was against this. It was like, everything felt for this. Like you've got fucking Amy Hennig, who we all know, and we all know made amazing games uh, with Naughty Dog. And star wars and the the money of ea and it's like okay you got all of this shit like that's like oh this is gonna be this is a winner from day one like if i was picking a bet that would be a bet i'd go with but so yeah from that 
from my standpoint as someone who's just observing it not having been through any of this industry type stuff it, it, it strikes odd just there where you're like that doesn't seem step like the back move and, step back and be corporate ea look at this look at the revenue that the projected revenue you're going to get from the title look at the burn rate of ignore the sunk cost into the game this is how mm. they're looking at it here's how much money we already spent in the game okay let's ignore that uh which is a huge mistake but i'll get back to that later uh Let's ignore that. Here's the current burn rate. How many people do we have in our most expensive studio? The studio mm. in San Francisco? Um, a shit ton of people. That's a They have a huge burn rate, I bet. In the Redwood Shores office? I mean, come on. Uh, By burn rate, do you mean people leaving? Or like... Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. The amount of money it costs to hire a person and gotcha. keep them there. Gotcha. Especially when you consider EA's other locations are like Montreal. Yeah. Montreal does some really... Um, clever tricks to make it very cheap to have a studio there to the point where if you pay someone low enough they're basically free wow uh, <laughs> like the tax incentives to have somebody in montreal is insane um it's q4 they need to balance their book for their uh investors so that they look good um for their quarterly earnings and and for the year yearly earnings this is a good time to write off i mean paying out this severance and getting it paid out by the end of the year they can write it as a as a loss on their books and mitigate it against their taxes. It's a good time to do it. Like you're looking, look at it like EA would look at it. It makes a lot more sense, right? I could, no. yeah. Don't get me wrong. From a corporate standpoint, you can kind of see it. It just, it's, it's one. Like I said, fr from the perspective of the consumer, it feels like one of those ones where it's like, this isn't anything. Like it is something new, and it obviously mm -hmm. costs a lot of money, but it also has Star Wars on it, so it's like. You're they've, getting immediate recognition. That, they've trained up people on a new engine. They have people who are who know that Frostbite engine in and out. Yeah. And probably contributed code to it, and they're going to lose some... Like, you, you underestimate how much is lost when you lose the talent. If you have good programmers and good talent working on, on your tech, and then you just let those people fly to somewhere else, mm. you lose knowledge. You need to ramp someone else up on that stuff. And right now they have this... I mean, I, I hope they manage to get most of these people located in other studios that are using the Frostbite engine. And I know, this goes back into like our last conversation about game engines, but they have yeah. there's knowledge there now that they they'll lose these. Uh, when you onboard somebody, you don't just pay for their reload. You pay the time it takes to teach them how to use your tech and your tools yeah. and ramp them up on a project. And yeah, you. you just because you cancel a project doesn't mean you should necessarily lose everything. I imagine they have to lose all the art assets because the art is probably Star Wars art. Yeah, so I imagine that would belong to maybe Disney. Yeah. So would they be can't my guess. Take that and spin it up into something. But I imagine they 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 have knowledge. They have I hope they at least take those programmers and, and move them somewhere else within EA. So they yeah. don't lose all that knowledge and that tech and that time they put into that. Because that's three years of of dedicated work that's right the thing, there. right? Like you say about learning the engine and stuff like that, that. That's three years of people learning tricks and things that you can do to work with the Frostbite engine well and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That is a shame. That is a very big shame. And uh, something that doesn't fully make sense that to is. me. It was pretty um, funny to mm -hmm. me though. The I was checking out Gamma Sutra the next day, and they always have like the um, on the sidebar on the left, they have the um, what do you call it? The ads for classifieds, basically games industry yes. classifieds. Yeah. The day that happened, Crystal Dynamics put up an ad for creative director. Huh. <laughs> Which is That's like the a... same town. 
I think that was a, I don't know anything, but I'm like, if they're just like, shit, shit, they're letting go to Amy Hennig. Yeah, we could get her. Come Fuck. home. Come home, baby. Like, yeah. Uh, it probably wasn't that, but I, in my probably head, not, I was but like, maybe. I mean, that wouldn't be a bad move. I mean, she is like, definitely, you would think like a hot property in this industry. If she suddenly is loose from EA, it's like, shit, get mm. her to do your thing. Yeah. Depending what yeah. she wants to do, right? I don't, I don't know, but. Who knows, man? It'll be interesting. To, it's always interesting to follow the careers and the, of what happens after something like this. Yeah. I, I'm so far. I'm on the other side of the country now. I wish I was back in San Francisco so I could get the fucking details, man. I get the inside of deets. Yeah. But then again, I wouldn't be able to talk about it. It wouldn't well, be Well, no, fun. but still, you'd know, and that would be interesting. <laughs> yeah, I would. I miss, I miss being connected. I will say, being out in Boston is uh, just like the gossip. Uh, uh, I sound terrible, but I'm like, I miss the industry yeah. gossip, man. Yeah. Well, when you're part of a community, that's, that's part of being in a community, right? Like, I know... From going to TwitchCon, I know you're. N- I'm now standing there chatting with the dudes that make OBS, and like we're shooting the shit about different programs that are coming out and stuff like that. And it's like it's interesting. You're like, oh, we're all interested in this shit, and we get to meet up at this place. So yeah, I get that. Hell yeah, man. Yeah, but it, like that used to- now it's like I get that at GDC, but it used to be like I'd get that on on Thursday. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. It's so. Speaking of uh, you being in Boston and what's going on, you you wanted me to mention whiplash between your two current projects. That was the specific sentence you said. And you said, bring that up. So I'm bringing that up. You said, speaking of Boston, and I just had another PTSD that we like, we just had a bunch of major layoffs last. It's that time of year, by the way, when this happens. But we just had like Disruptor Beam. Boston's looking really dark Uh, right now. Disruptor Beam just let go of a ton of people. Yeah. There's a layoff at Harmonix. I saw um, that. Yeah, I did see that. It was that. That was a shame. Yeah, they had that like card-based so thing. What's going on my in my week is like a fucking two weeks of goodbye parties and consolations. And yeah. Stuff. Ugh, I hate this time of year, man. But yeah, um, I am in love with what I'm working on at work. I I don't think yes. I asked. I didn't, I didn't mean to talk about it in the podcast. I'm I'm in love with the the two projects I'm working on. I am getting whiplash between the two though. That's true. Like I'll start working mean? on one. I uh, like I work on my my real job, the game I'm working with, the molasses flood, uh, mm. which is super fun for four days of the week, and then I'm like tempted to keep working on it over the weekend, and I kind of start working on it, and then I switch to working on a personal project, and I get this, and I fall in love with that, and then I get whiplash again when I switch back. But no, it's a good, it's one of those good problems where I'm like, I have so much to do right now, and I love all of it, and that's good. It's keeping yeah. me from losing my mind right now. <laughs> That's a plus. That doesn't feel like a bad place to be. Like it, no. It feels like you're really in full ramp-up mode, and you even have your own little thing going at the moment. Yeah, yeah. I've got a podcast. I'm streaming. I've got, like, an indie indie, indie title, and I've got, like, a other indie title that's fucking <laughs> sweet, and it's all good, man. Except, you know, the world's falling apart. Other than that, you know. Other than go. that. Yeah. Things are going well for Gwen Frey. You know, I uh speaking of the podcast, I ended up talking to uh a lady called Heather who uh works at Finji and we were talking about her wanting to do more public speaking. And I ended mm-hmm. up recommending her doing a podcast. Was my whole thing. 
just because I know you weren't like a shy public speaker or anything, but I know a lot of the objective for you was like, I want to get better at like pitching or just articulating things and talking. Ooh. Okay. So this is, these are different. Um, there's definitely overlap between those skills, but the skills required to stand up on stage and do a, like a talk, like at GBC, Oh, very different to this. Very different yeah. from like a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it depends on what you want. If you want that kind of like, um, that intimate kind of like, hey, we're hanging out, we're chatting kind of thing. Mm. Uh, stuff like streaming and podcasting is fun and, and it gets you that. But if you want like the respect of your peers because you speak <laughs> at MIT and shit, like for that stuff, uh, that that's actually more work and, it and is. like hard. And, and that also you do, I the way you practice for that is usually you go to smaller speaking engagements in your um, local area or you do things where you... Uh, Something where you like this is something we just talk and what comes out of our faces happens, right? But yeah. like if something where you curate it and you slowly build on it like a YouTube video will mm-hmm. get you making YouTube videos and instructional stuff like that, I think is probably more uh hewing to the skill set you would re- need to also do that on stage. I'd agree. Makes sense. I'd agree. No, I hundred percent agree. Uh my 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 point uh to her and probably to most people in terms of podcasting was that if you're not someone who would naturally converse in a way that uh, is intended for the public, this is the most low-key and easy start point. That's uh, true. That yeah. was my point. Like, Because, th- yeah, you're 100% right. If you want to give a talk, this isn't the way to learn how to do it. But it is definitely the way to learn because you know we're having a conversation now but we're also aware that someone else is listening to this like we wouldn't explain as much to each other as we would do as yeah. in this conversation and my point to her and to anyone who happens to listen to the dialogue box and wants to get better at talking and like because that you know you're a dev and you're going to get interviewed and stuff like that's going to yeah, happen this definitely is really good for getting you used to yeah. talking to the press absolutely that's a big thing and like it's it's very low effort like i've been threatening you with us doing this live on twitch at some point that's (laughs) that's like a next step i think but like doing it this way as i was explaining it to her i was like if someone else in your instance like i'm editing this and it's not live so anything you feel you've got wrong or anything you feel didn't go well you can just cut it out so you can relax into talking, but also you're just building that muscle very slightly of once a week you talk to a person, like a friend yeah. or someone you've met or whoever, and you're building that muscle. And then then you get more and more used to just conversing with a person in a way that you're trying to be informative or entertaining or whatever. So, and then you can build from there. So did you invite her to be on this podcast? I did say whatever she wanted to do. I was like, whatever you want to do, you let me know. I can help you out. Hell Cause... yeah. I want to talk to Heather from Finji. What she's, up, Heather? She's very cool. Um, yeah. So who knows? But I, I did. That was one of the things that I think I would recommend to. I mean, I'd recommend it to anyone. I just I just enjoyed doing it. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I'm always like, yeah, do it. It's fun. But if you want to get better at speaking, I think it's the most low key, low maintenance. If you're not the one editing it. Which ideally in your position or her position you wouldn't be because it's not a thing you want to do. Then it's like a nice onboarding process for building up to doing more stuff. Like you're streaming now and you were already giving talks and your talks were good. 
So that wasn't necessarily the skill you wanted to learn. That's such a different thing. Preparing. Oh, it is. And that's fun. And I, I actually love, love, love that. Uh, but that's like, it's like putting on a performance. I used to work in, in theater, like backstage mm. and stuff. But you, uh, you practice, you prepare, you get as ready as possible. And then you go and you do it and then you're done. Right. Whereas, and it's, it's a prepared, very thought out kind of thing, hopefully, unless you're shitty, but like, or unless I should have said, unless you're shitty, if it's a good talk, you've probably, you have something to say. You put some effort in. Whereas I feel like we don't have to have anything to fucking say. I have no idea what we're going to talk about usually when we start this. Yeah. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. (laughs) It really depends. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's definitely something I would recommend. That, it just reminded me of that. I was like, oh, yeah, I did have that conversation with someone. It was quite nice. Uh, just to very briefly wheel back to TwitchCon, I had way less to do from a stage presenting from. So I actually got to go around and, like, talk to a lot of people. And I realized after, like, two, three years of doing things like this, I, I was like, I can give people advice. <laughs> I was like, yeah. and, and people are actually asking. And I can be like, oh, let me tell you what I would do and stuff like that. It was quite nice. That's wonderful, man. Yeah, I love that the conventions are fun. We have the best industry. The people in the games industry are the best people. And I know that's got to be at least partly confirmation bias because I, I can no longer talk to normal people. But <laughs> yeah. uh, so maybe like it's just process of elimination. These are the only people I can talk to. But it's in all seriousness, like the most interesting, fun cool people are always game developers and so i've got anytime i peek out of my bubble and i'm like oh what's going on in the real world i'm always just kind of disappointed <laughs> yeah i feel like i've gone too deep now into uh this kind of life that like you think oh could i just go and get like a regular people job and you're sort of like i don't think i i think i'd go insane <laughs> i mean i wasn't enjoying it anyway but it's like once you've tasted that life gwen it's like, yeah, we're going to go to a dinner party and talk about curtains. Cool. Yeah, sounds great. <laughs> so anyway, Unreal Engine 4.19 drop. It's like... Yo, shit. Yeah, shit. People getting crazy. But yeah, that 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 was kind of... That was all part of my TwitchCon experience. It was really nice. I really enjoyed it. I liked being in a position where people were genuinely asking me for advice and I could actually give it to them. I know I, know I shouldn't be surprised by that, but I guess generally I when I'm a... Say, conven- I feel like, like you give me advice all the time. I do, but I don't know. Like, <laughs> You're like, yeah, but you have no idea how Twitch works. I yeah, like that. There's fair. a big part of that. I was like, anyone could give you the advice I gave you. <laughs> Get a webcam, Gwen. You need one of those. Okay. <laughs> fair, fair enough, man. But yeah, it, it was it was nice, and I I think it's definitely a nice. It was. It's also nice that it's got to a point how interesting this is for others i don't know but like i was doing a couple i was hosting a couple of stages like finji had specifically asked me to host a panel with them just because they wanted specifically me to host it rather than like a random person that they might get and so i did that that was cool and i did a couple of panels for a couple of people and like whenever i went up there the twitch staff knew who i was i was like oh you know what you're doing you're cool yeah the we're going to do the, 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 I'm like, right, yeah, yeah. It was just nice to be in a position where I was like, oh, you know, I know what I'm doing. Hooray. <laughs> yeah, man, you've been around. Soon you'll like yeah. know everybody's 
you'll just know everybody. That's the other thing. You, it's like running yeah. into old friends. You can't walk five steps without running into somebody you know. And I, I know this feeling. This is, this is the good feeling. It's when the first time. Do you remember the first time you went to some of these things? You didn't know anybody, and you felt like yeah. everybody else knew everybody, and you were kind of depressed because everybody else always had so much to do and was so busy, and you're like, yeah. I don't know what to do when I'm not doing the job. Mm. And the the first few uh, of these shows that you go to, whether you're a game developer, whether you're anything, uh, you always have that kind of weird f- fear of missing out. Why is everybody else busy? Why does everybody else seem to be having more fun than me thing? Yeah. Uh, and then one day you go to one of these and it's like, oh, shit, I'm on the other side now. <laughs> yeah. You know, that realization that you're like, oh, wait. I and, and it's a, a distant memory. The times when you were depressed when you'd go to these, right? Like that—that that wasn't the long ago. All of a sudden, and I, you can't pinpoint when it happens exactly. It's like a—it just creeps up on you. One day you just kind of belong, and you don't remember exactly when you crossed over. <laughs> Where was weird? Yeah, now. it was like I had way less stage stuff to do, but I had just as much, if not more, things to do. Like while I was there, there was lots of little things I did. And, lo- and like little meetings I had with people that were like, oh, you're going to be there? Let's meet up and we'll have a chat about X, Y, and Z. And yeah, there was a bunch of those. And I was like, all right, cool. Dude, I've, I've reached a point um, with, I mean, it, it's different for obviously the, the stuff that's for fans versus conferences. But I've reached yeah. a point for GDC, and I think most people do, where I literally can't go to any of the talks because I'm too busy hanging out with everybody. And the I have to set aside time to go to like, Tim Borelli's animation roundtable, and sometimes I don't make it. Like, yeah. and I have a fucking badge. <laughs> I'm just literally <laughs> have a badge, and I'm not you stroll in because, like, I because I, I usually speak. Like, I'll get a badge, and I won't be able to go to any of the talks because I'm so busy just running into everybody else. Uh, and then I'm like, oh, oh shit, you gave a talk. I'll see it on the vault later. Uh, and that's people, normal. People like, know that who you are normal. as well. Is one thing I've noticed. Uh, like I'll mention, you will come up in many conversations I have because that's my life. But like, I'm not people, that big of a deal, dude. In for games developers, people seem it's to know very, who you are. It's a very small pond. There's not well, many. Maybe, of us. but when you're at a convention that all that that's the whole focus, it's kind of cool. I'm like, oh well, I do this podcast, uh, Gwen Frey, and they're like, oh yeah, I know Gwen. I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> or they're aware of you or whatever. Pretty yeah. Cool. Yeah. You're doing something to... right. I used to brag. I used to be like, I'm the best tech artist in the industry. And then somebody was like, there's five of those. And I was like, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I'm the number one, now, bitch. Obviously. Teams are going to get out of control. But like, yeah. it's like, yeah, yeah, okay. Well, of the five. Yeah, I'm the fucking best. But... <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. But yeah, I think we can probably wrap this one up, Gwen. It's short and sweet. You know, much like, I don't know, me. I don't think you're that short, actually. I was, I was, I was like, it doesn't apply to both of us. I think I'm, I think I'm the average height. You are. Yeah, I'd say you are a respectable height for a human. Striving but, for the mean over here. Yeah, but, as, yeah. You know, as we all should be. But yeah, thanks for joining me, Gwen. It's been great. Thanks for joining me too, Chris Light. This has been Gwen Frey and Chris Light, and you've been in the Dialogue Box.